Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. This is the Tuesday night Cardiff City Championship free-for-all live stream. What shall we talk about? Lots and lots has happened, it seems. But uh, we start with the rumours, we start with the news, we start with the Welsh Cup, the Championship. There's so much to discuss. Um, If you like your podcast in audio form, then you might already be listening to this through the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's first sports-dedicated podcast network. There's such a massive range of shows on there, so please do check them out. If you're not a member of Ace Podcast Nation already, please do sign up, become a member, get, uh, get yourself some rewards, exclusive content, all that good stuff. And basically, your sort of contribution, which is like a price of a coffee per month, um, keeps the channel going, allows us to do work in the studio, update equipment. It all goes straight back into the channel to uh, keep progressing. Got some really interesting uh, shows. I've got a what content have we got coming up soon. So we got a new episode of My Story this Saturday. We have a championship preview coming up filmed in the studio with a, a former Cardiff City ledge which is going to be a good one recording that on Monday I think so that's going to be good we've also got um, a Premier League preview with the same guy and uh, also an interview with that person as well so that'll be split up there's lots and lots of good stuff um, of course it's Joe Jacobson's uh testimonial coming up this weekend hoping to have joe back on the channel very soon spoke to him today uh he's doing well um it's not him who's doing the championship in the premier league preview by the way he's obviously getting ready for pre-season with wickham but uh i am looking forward to having a catch-up chat with him very soon very soon lots to discuss where do you guys want to start tell me where do you want to start we're talking general championship Newcastle signed Leicester City winger Harvey Barnes for 38 million. We had Aaron Ramsey at his uh, his redebut of Cardiff City. So much going on. So interesting thing, just very quickly. Um, Alan Saint Maximin left Newcastle for I think it was 38 million. And I see some people, you know, uh, complaining about the price and. Is helping Newcastle with financial fair play. I think there is, you need to, there needs to be some sort of investigation into that because I think it's shady. However, 
I see a lot of people pointing to the price of the Ireland St. Maximan deal in particular. And actually, I don't think 38 million is outrageous for him. Okay. You're looking, you've got Declan Rice cost 105 million. Harvey Barnes is 38 million. Well, Harvey Barnes is in the championship. Alan Sitting Maximan's going to be playing Champions League football this year. Same as you've got West Ham have bid, I think, 40 million for Scott McTominay, Scotland International. Unfortunately, the prices are inflated by deals like Declan Rice. And yes, there's probably an issue with regards to the ownership side of things. But also, I think the price of the that deal particularly wasn't too much of an issue for me, I suppose. However, Ruben Neves going on loan to Newcastle from the Saudi after straight after moving to Saudi is a bit more outrageous because uh, I'm not sure if that's confirmed or if it's just a rumour at this point. But it is outrageous that he's gone there for the money. And actually, that's what I thought might happen with Mbappe, I saw someone just mentioned in the comments about Mbappe. Um, I saw a thing yesterday, yesterday or the day before, with Julian Laurent, who's a French journalist, saying that Mbappe has absolutely no interest in going to the Saudi league. And why would he? You know, he's in, he's so young. But with the, you know that amount of money, and look, there's rumours that he has been, or he has got a deal of agreed to go to Madrid at the end of next season on a free. And of course, the rumor was he'd go to Saudi for a year and then go to Madrid and all this, all this shady stuff. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. Um, Max Will says Max Waters needs to go get his confidence back in League One. It's about his level. Yeah, like he needs. To, like I feel like a broken record saying this about these boys and these players, but like he need, he needs to play. And I think it was clear that when he has played championship football, he's probably been not quite ready for that yet. You know, he may develop and, and become that, but Cardiff have got to get rid of some players. Um, particularly, do you know, I I think there's another timeline where Cardiff signed Aaron Ramsey and Ethan Ampadu for, se- and Am- Ampadu for 7 million, and then they get Kiefer Moore on loan. There's another timeline, another universe where that's happened. Unfortunately, because of Cardiff's financial situation, they were never in for uh, Ampadu. I don't know if the Kiefer Moore loan has got any legs. We'll discuss that shortly. Um, so I think it's a good sign. And Barnsley signed Max Waters. And I think they signed, um, what's his uh, Dallas, didn't they? Was it Stuart, uh, Andrew Dallas on that? I think that's two good deals. Andrew Dallas, 24, Max Waters, 24, good ages. I think they'll uh, have a good impact for playing week in, week out. I think it's good for them. Um, yeah, bit, best recovery to Paul, Paul Mullen. Um, got a punctured lung playing in a friendly against the United Academy side yesterday. Um, and I've got to say, right, I really feel sorry for the young lads, the keeper who, who smashed into him. Because he was completely unintentional, just part of football. Um, and it's obviously a very serious injury. And I, I can't imagine the rehab coming from that, the cardio. Like, it's going to be a long recovery, I would think. No, I don't know anything about, like, punctured lungs and stuff. But absolutely brutal. Um, however, I've got to say, I thought um, 
I forget his name, the Wrexham manager's um, comments after the game. I thought they were outrageous and I thought they were really unprofessional and they kind of made Wrexham look, I don't know what the word is, maybe a bit small time, I don't know. He was very, he wasn't happy, which I understand him not being happy, that's fine. But look, this was a young, young, you know, under-23s keeper. He went for the ball, it wasn't intentional, it wasn't like a nasty tackle, it was a collision. Unfortunately, it's just resulted in a very serious injury. But I think to go after a young player with the wording and the and the language he used, um, I think is outrageous. I think, I think you, if you're a manager or a coach at any level, you have to be mindful of young players. And I include someone who's 23 or 20 or whatever he is, who's never played a first team game. He's still a kid. Certainly in football terms, you know, he might be an adult, but and even in the game, it was very much men against boys. Like Wrexham's physicality was the difference. And I don't mean physicality makes them dirty or anything like that. I just mean they were bigger, stronger, more experienced. And that was the difference in the game. I just think some of the language and the wording that he used was... I think outrageous was the best term. I would be, I would not be happy if I was the owners of Wrexham that he's come up with that because I'm pretty sure if he, I know when Ben, look, you look at the way Ben Foster commented on it and dealt with it and spoke about it afterwards. That's how a professional acts. Um, he had spoken to the to the lad in in question as well, and the lad had asked for Paul Mullins' number. And apparently I've heard from a couple of people that he's trying to make sure that he's financially sound and stuff like that. So like this kid was devastated. It was a, f- a freak injury, no malice in it whatsoever. So for Parkinson to be speaking like that, I think is poor. Um, so yeah, it's just one of them things, unfortunately, but hopefully Paul Mullins, Jonathan Davis says Rexham fans been saying six to eight weeks. I cannot see how you can puncture a lung and be playing professional sport six to eight weeks later. I just can't see how. Look, I'm not I'm not a doctor. Maybe that's right. But I cannot see how that's possible. I just can't. Just from a purely, like, cardio point of view, I can't see how that's possible. Maybe I'm wrong, though. As I say, I'm, I have no medical training. It may surprise you to know. Uh, Rob Boyle says, did anyone see all the shots social media after they beat Chelsea? Something along the lines of chuff for the boys being beating a mid-table Premier League team. <laughs> um, yeah, Aldershot beat Chelsea under-23s, though. The first team is warm weather training. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like, Wrexham beat Manchester United yesterday, but it wasn't Manchester United. It was Man United playing Madrid tonight. It was effectively academy sides, but still, who doesn't like laughing at Chelsea, I guess? the um, Just interesting on this, I wanted to gauge your opinions, right, very quickly. So, uh, United played Arsenal the other day in a pre-season friendly. United won relatively comfortably in the end. And Arsenal fans, as Arsenal fans do, go into pieces on YouTube and social media and the like. And now, it's a pre-season friendly. It was a lot more physical than a normal pre-season friendly because there's a bit of needle there, that you know, the arrivals and stuff like this. I've been saying, I said a few weeks back, there's no guarantee that, Ar- like, I see Arsenal fans, they go so over the top. It's funny. Like, I've seen them saying for weeks, like, oh, when we get Dakram Rice, if we've got Timber, you know, we're going to we're gonna be top 
we're going to win the league, we're going to win the quadruple, we're going to win the Champions League. And I said weeks ago, before Declan Rice was even confirmed, there's no guarantee Arsenal can repeat what they did last year. The expectations are different. The team is different. And they're, they're doing what I thought surely they can't be doing, which is playing Havertz in midfield at the moment. And Declan Rice, like it's one game, a preseason game, it doesn't matter, right? But if I watched that game and didn't know anything about either side, and you told me one of those holding midfielders from each side is a hundred million pound player, there's no way I was thinking it was Declan Rice. He got outplayed by Kobe May, Kobe Mainu, I think his name is. Young lad. Looked very, very good. If he comes up on loan, please come to Cardiff because he looks special, which makes me think he won't go on loan. Um, on the Cardiff front, very disappointed to see Charlie Savage sign for Reading on uh, on a permanent deal as well. I know like United have got sell-on fees and stuff like that, so I'm not, you know, not surprised by that, I suppose. But I was surprised that he didn't go to Championship. I know he was linked with Cardiff, and I was excited, but I thought he'd be a really good sign-in to play alongside Winters or whoever behind Ramsey. I thought that was really could be quite a clever sign-in. Um, but I have another option who I think who United might loan out, who I think would be perfect for what Cardiff need, and that's Hannibal. Um, I watched him a bit over the last couple of years. Obviously, he was on loan at Birmingham. He is very, very good on the ball, but he's got a nasty streak in him. He's quite aggressive. And I think he'd be perfect in that midfield behind Aaron Ramsey. I don't think he'll come to Cardiff, but, you know, he'd be someone... He'd be someone who I would like. Yeah, the Charlie Savage seemed to be paper talking right there, Jonathan. But um, I just thought he would have been quite an astute signing. I think he's better than League One. Not sure if he's you know a, someone who can make a difference at Championship level. I just think he might be sort of in between. But then when he plays week in week out, maybe he can make a difference. Um, but yeah, Cardiff are interesting, isn't it? So let's talk about the. We had the, the Welsh, what's it called? The Nathaniel MG Cup. Um, so you had like Cardiff and Swansea's under-21s entered in this. So um, Cardiff have now got Howford West in the next round in the Nathaniel MG Cup, second round. Um, after they beat, uh, we beat Cambrian, didn't we? And um, look, I think this is better for the under-21s than better than, uh, it's better than playing like the under tw- Premier League two or whatever league you know these these under twenty three leagues they're just not worth the paper they're written on they're not fit for purpose the academy system is broken in this country because unless you're an academy player so when you get to like eighteen nineteen unless you are an Aaron Ramsey or a Gareth Bale or whoever, someone who can go in and is so talented they can play first-team football at that young age, what happens is you play under-23s football or you go to kind of lower league football and the difference is too much between under-23s and then men's football. And so many of these players are not prepared 
and then they're not living up to their potential. And, and this is across the board, Premier League, Championship. We have to address the issue. Like under-23s and reserves particularly, and I'm talking, you know, under-18s, 19s, the ones who you're looking at and you're thinking he potentially could be a first-team player. These guys need to be playing men's football from 17, 18. And this is why I think something like the the MG Cup or Nathaniel MG Cup is better for him. Like playing in that is good. But you've got to obviously stay in it. It's a lot of pressure. You've got to, you've got to win to stay in it and stuff. But I think that level is better than the under-23s league. I think they need to bring back the reserve team league in some form. Because the under-23s is just... It's not preparing, it's not bringing in these players through to the level that I think in a lot of cases they're truly able, they're not living up to their potential a lot of them and I think it's a problem. Um, Jonathan says, Man United trying to sell Hannibal, he'd probably go back to Birmingham if they've got any money left off, they're having some window. Yeah, I'll talk about Birmingham in um, just a second. I tend to agree with you, but if I know Hannibal is impressed on the on the tour, Spoken to a couple of guys who have like out there following it and stuff, and like Hannibal, Kobe Mainu, and the left back, I forget his name, I think is Fernandez or something. Um, they've all impressed and they think they might end up keeping one of Hannibal and Mainu because they're gonna get set, get rid of McTominay and Fred, and then loaning the other one. If Cardiff could get either one, I think both would be perfect for what we need behind Ramsey. Legs, aggression, and technical ability with a real eye for a pass. I'd be so I'd be chuffed if we got either. I don't think I think Kobe Mainu will stay at United and I think he'll be their replacement for McTominay effectively. Um Reese says huge pressure on the under-21s. Anything other than a win will be seen as a failure. I know it's boys v men, but these are full-time excellent facilities, future prospects expected to win under huge pressure. But this is what they need to prepare themselves for championship football. Like, take Cardiff City as an example, where you could use Birmingham, you could use West Brom, you could use whoever, Leicester, Leeds, all these teams are expected to win, at least win their home games every week and then, you know, get not lose away. I know it doesn't work out like that, but that's the expectations which comes with playing with these clubs. So if you want to get these kids ready to play at that level, you they have to have a better pathway to it. And the pathway is shit at the moment. I'm sorry. Um Will says reserve league rather than under 23s would probably help fringe players in the squad as they get actual game time. And this is the thing, isn't it? Right? Is you have you have say Ruben Corwell last last year. I know he had some injuries, but for example, sat on the bench all season, didn't really get on much here and there. But when he's not getting on on a Saturday, he could play on a Sunday or a Monday or whenever they have their reserve team games and get minutes in the bank, which is then going to help him push for a first team spot because he gets to show what he can do in a reserve team game because one of the coaches will be watching. And if the coaches from the first team are watching, the reserve team manager will say so-and-so stuck out. Players coming back from injury can play competitive football. If you've got like a 17, 18-year-old who's like shit hot, 
let's test him against like proper men's team and, and quality players. Like you go and play against the Birmingham or a Leeds, they're going to have a good reserve team of fringe players, young players coming through. So let's like really test these people. So then when they do get the call to be in the first team squad, they're not just in the squad for the, for the, you know, for the road. It's like they're in the squad and they might be able to come off the bench and do something and contribute. Let's get them ready. Um, Rob says they're all the games on Cardiff City TV. Uh, Jonathan says Ruben Corwell and Ollie Denham were both injured a lot last season. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Maybe it was a poor example, but the example being the kind of players who are going with the first team every week, but they're just on the bench and perhaps they don't really get on or they don't get on you know, more than a couple of minutes here and there. They would benefit from a reserve league where they can then... So if you don't play, if you're on the bench on a Saturday, but you don't play, and then there's a reserve team game the next week, next day, you can play. You know, you haven't played or you've only played a few minutes. You can play. Uh, Will says, not sure the Nathaniel MG games are on City TV or or uh, not. Sorry. Um, Ollie Denham's gone along to Scotland. Same as the young left-back Tom Davis. Uh, Corwell will stick around. But who likes him? Yeah, mate, i got to say, I, th- I don't want to repeat myself like over recent weeks. It's a big season for Ruben Corwell, and I think Aaron Ramsey being there has opened a little window for him because I think he can be the backup number 10 and he can make that spot his own. And when Ramsey has a rest or needs a rest or is injured or whatever, Colwell can slot in there. We've It's interesting though, right? Um, like how do you fit in all the strikers that Cardiff have got now? Even in this like four two three one system, if you assume Ramsey's the ten, you've got two wide spots and then more of a target man, right? And we've got what a Tete, uh, Mate, Carlin Grant, Robinson, um, Odauda. There's someone and a couple of others at least I've forgotten, but they're not all going to fit in. And then you see us linked with Kiefer Moore. Ooh, look, don't get me wrong. I think having Kiefer Moore as a striker on a loan would be great. I would love that. But it seems weird when you look at the players we've already signed and the couple that we already had. Like, Atete is a kind of out-and-out striker rather than a, a wide player, for me, at least. Same as uh, the lad from Red in Mate. I think he's more suited to like that lone striker run with people running off him rather than a wide role. So you've got two straight away. And then you've got a few maybe who can do like Carl and Grant and Robinson who could play through the middle, but are maybe better suited to the wider, wide attacking role. But Kiefer Moore seems like a weird one, unless they're going to, maybe they're going to loan out a Tete, maybe. I thought it seems weird. But again, if you had a proper reserve team league, right? Say they brought in Kiefer Moore on loan. A Tete then could stay, but he could play reserve team football. So he's still playing week in, week out to keep sharp, keep shape. And then, you know, and then be able, but like if we were to bring Kiefer Moore in, I almost feel like a Tete maybe he's going to go on loan, which I was, I quite liked him last year. He reminded me in a good way of Rudy Gestead, the good parts of his game. Jonathan said, I'd go for the Warnock wet dream attack of um, if we sign Kiefer Moore, have him with Grant, uh, Grant Moore, Mete, P- 
pace power down the flanks and brute force in the middle. I mean, look, that is a beefy, beefy front three. But to me, it doesn't. I think part of Cardiff's problem over recent years is we don't play square pegs in square holes. We're trying to fit players around. We're playing them slightly out of position, like a doubter and, and people like... To be the most effective, I think you need players which can play your system and they can play in their position, you know? And I think, like for instance, NG has played a lot of centre-back uh, football for Cardiff. Like, I think he's pretty good. I actually think he's a very good centre-back. But I think he's so much better as a full-back. I think he's excellent as a full-back. I think he's capable of taught, doing the role that we discussed last week where he moves up into midfield and becomes that overload player. I think he's suited to that. But I also think he's suited to playing on the you know either side of a three if you played a back three. But let's play people in let's play you know round pegs, round holes as it were and get it going. What do we think about Kiefer Moore then guys? Do you do you think it's a good signing? Is it a bit of desperation is it you know is it like a you're going for the name rather than what he can oh and i Okbo, i forgot as well obviously we brought him in on loan so i mean you know, obviously loan players you tend to think they're going to play in it um like the thought of ramsey and Kiefer Moore seems on paper like a real good idea um, Will says, we look great in the first half against Porto. If we'd had Kiefer Moore that game, we'd have gone ahead. We'd have gone ahead when we were on top of the first half. Interesting. Um, was Kiefer Moore fit all of last season? Because I know that he was on the bench towards the end of the season, but I wasn't sure if it was because he had like a sort of long long term injury uh and we'll also add Porto a you know quarter final Champions League team from last season with a new uh, a new striker up top yeah Porto are always you know technically good well drilled full of international footballers they're always going to be a like a massive challenge so if you can put it it's all about it's for me pre-seasons it's about sort of two things really one is about it's not, it's not about the performance. It's about getting fit, getting match fit. But also then, the second part of it is, I was talking to a, a, a Cardiff coach this week, actually, or last week, about, like, pre-season is not necessarily what fans think it is. Like, fans think it's match fitness and, you know, just trying to build up a bit of momentum and, and win games if you can. But actually, particularly in the earlier um, pre-season games, it's very much working on patterns. So you might say in the first half, right, we're going to really focus on transitions and getting the ball out to the right or, you know, getting that fullback. And they, they very much concentrate on certain aspects for a half or for a game. So, like, on paper, as you watch it as a fan, you might think, Jesus Christ, that was boring or that was shit or we've lost or whatever. But the, the little tactical piece that they were trying to work on for that game may have worked really well so it was quite an interesting conversation i gotta say um reese says if we don't get key for more i'd play garland uh, and grant through the middle 
Uh, looks like a great target man. I play O'Dowda on the left wing. Will says we need a left back then, Reese. Uh, I guess decent left backs are easier to find than decent strikers. People who've been watching these preseason games a bit more closely than me, what's this Ugbo uh, look like? Because everything which I've heard and read and spoke to people about, he's supposed to be like really, 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 really highly rated, like really highly rated. And he was seen as a bit of a coup within the club and everything. But I haven't heard many people talk about him. Like when people talk about potential teams and stuff like that, it's very much about, you know, the Carlin Grants, the Adowders, the Ramseys. I don't always hear him mentioned. Um, I think Jamalu Collins, if he's fit, is fine at left back. I think he's a really good choice. Engie at right back, and then Gutas and McGuinness in the middle. You've also got Romeo, and you've got Joel Vagan as well. I think those full back options are okay. Like when you've got a f- limit in terms of how much money you can spend and loans and stuff like that, I think we have more pressing issues than fullbacks for me. Uh, Rob Boyle says, for me, he has Etete vibes. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for you, Rob? Uh, Will says, not up to much from what I've seen in pre-season, but he has something about him, just not quite showed it yet. Mm, yeah, it's difficult in pre-season, like I just said, like, like what we're looking at. Like the manager might be looking, asking him to do a certain thing or certain things. It's it's interesting. Um, what do we make of Aaron Ramsey? Like, do we think he looks fit? Do we think he looks sharp? I thought he looked in pretty good condition. Um, came on as a sub. Thought he did all right. Like he hadn't played for a few weeks. All fat, no poo. Says Will. Uh, says Rob. In terms of Tate vibes, there we go. Um, unfortunately, with Collins having a serious injury, he's not come back the same player at the moment. Says Jonathan. They, yeah, look, we got to be patient with Jamalu Collins, and then I guess the decision's got to be made. Can Bagan or Romeo are they good enough to fill in until Jamalu Collins is backfiring, and then? There's also the uncomfortable truth and conversation. Will Jamalu Collins be able to get back to where he was? Because there isn't a guarantee. When you've had such a serious knee injury like that, or yeah, knee injury, like there isn't um, a guarantee that you do get back to the level that you were at previously. It's it's just an unfortunate way of with any injury. But anything like serious, even like Paul Mullen, we talked about earlier, there's no guarantee at his age and his stature that he gets back to where he was previously. Like, it was only recently we were saying, should Wales take a gamble on him and just give him a chance in some preseason friendlies? Like, it might have been half in sort of jest and, you know, a bit hypothetical, but, you know, he was um, having as good a period as he's probably or certainly in terms of name value. I know he scored goals for a lot of time. Um, So let's have a look at some of the opinions of Aaron Ramsdy. Please do drop yours in. I'd like to know, you know, like what you guys thought. Will says, uh, Aaron Ramsdy, the class, almost scored in his first 20 seconds on the pitch. (laughs) Rob Boyle says, I nearly peed my pants um, when he took that shot. I got so excited. I thought he looked 
pretty sharp for someone who hasn't played a great deal of football in recent weeks. I thought he looked pretty good, you know. Um, the biggest look, the biggest thing with Aaron Ramsey, right, is can we keep him fit? And my worry is that we will run him into the ground. We have to be clever, like we were with Bellamy when Bellamy came. And Bellamy, you know, we managed his fitness. We didn't force it. Like, he did play two games a week a lot, more than I think people probably expected. But when he needed a rest, we gave him a rest. And if he's fit and he's sharp, he's way, way above um, championship level. Way above it. Look, I'm on record as saying, I think, it was probably with Rodri, might be with Andy. Um, if it wasn't for his leg break, Aaron Ramsey would have been one of the top five midfielders in Europe and he would have been an absolute all-time great of European football. He's one of the most gifted midfielders that have played the game in terms of what he was capable of. And he, following like the Iniestas and the Javis of the world, a fit and sharp Aaron Ramsey who never had that serious injury, I think, would have ended up at Madrid, Barcelona, being the next generation of that midfield, in my opinion. And, you know, it's hard. Of course, it's hypothetical. And he just things haven't quite worked out for him sometimes. But people forget how, like, how good he was at such a young age. And it was that leg break, which unfortunately led to a lot of the the niggling injuries and, and the, the hamstrings, the, the, the fitness issues. That all came from the leg breaks, like, and people forget, like, the leg break which he suffered, similar to the one that Luke Shaw had, those are the sort of leg breaks where the doctor's saying to you, I'm not sure you're going to play football again. You know? Johnny Bairstow's had the similar similar quote from his from his doctor recently when he broke his leg for cricket. Like, you know? It's um, these serious leg breaks are no joke. Um... Jonathan Davis says, Aaron Ramsey looks a world above anyone else on the pitch. Yeah, as I just said. Uh, Reese says, biggest thing for me about Rambo will be everyone around him will be trying to impress. He'll raise the standards. Yeah, but that can also go another way. If you've got people trying too hard, that can also cause like a bit of an issue because people make the wrong decisions where they're trying too hard. I've said before and I've said it, you know, I've said it several times now, haven't I? Like, I do believe that it's important to get the right players um, around him. If I could pick, like, uh, one sort of lone midfielder, as I said at the top at the start, if I could pick one lone midfielder to go behind him, as, as we stand today, I would want Kobe Mainu or Hannibal from United on loan because I think they're the perfect. Just exactly what we need behind Aaron Ramsey to get the best out of him and get the best out of the team. But it's only my opinion. The manager seems to be really enthusiastic about him. Tommy Tornado. Welcome, my friend. Welcome back. Uh, he says, where do we think Ramsey will retire to and at what age? I think Ramsey will finish his career at Cardiff now. Um, unless... I, right, I, maybe there's a slim chance in a couple of years he goes to America, but the impression that I've got 
from anyone who I've spoken to about it and from his own interviews is that he's looked at this as his like final move. So if he can stay fit, we might get two, maybe three years out of him. If he has fitness issues, we might just get like 18 months to a year. It, I think a lot of it depends on how he, how fit he can stay, honestly. Um, Will says, I'm confident in this new management team. Um, they'll deal with Ram Ramsey correctly and get the most out of him. Yeah, I honestly, I really believe there's two sides to it, isn't there? There's one is is managing his health and his fitness, just making sure we don't flog him into the ground after 10 games. And then the other side of it is making sure we get the right players around him so we don't get overrun in midfield. And then there's a kind of third aspect with the Ruben Corwell factor, shall we say, because I think that's a big bonus, which could be managed properly. It would be real nice. Um, Rob says, if playing alongside and training with Ramsey on a daily, weekly basis doesn't get Ruben Corwell going, then nothing will. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Reese says, here's a question for everyone. Um, my mate sent across earlier. Who's the best foreign, not non-UK player to play for the, for Cardiff City? Well, that's interesting. I'll let, let down Cook for a little bit and we'll come back to it. Uh, Resources says, how did Balut come across when you had the chance to speak to him, Will? Yeah, Will, let us know how he came across, mate. Um, be interesting in that. Jonathan says, we've been linked with Charlie Patino, uh, Patino from Arsenal as the CM. Yeah, I think he'd be a great choice, actually. Um, if it's the one I think of, let me just check. He's the player I, before I give an opinion. Let me just check that he's the player I'm thinking of. I think it's him. Um, if I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, is he's really like good. He's quite small. Yeah, there he is. Quite aggressive though as well. I like a bit of aggression in these players. Um, yeah, I've been quite heavily linked to him in the last 24 hours, judging by all these things. Uh, on loan at Blackpool last year. Interesting. Yeah, someone like that, though. And that's from Darren Whitcup, who's normally pretty good with the the Cardiff the Cardiff news. I got uh, I do like Darren. I think he's um, quite reliable when it comes to the Cardiff stuff. Um, so let's have a look at his stats from last year. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Camarasa has got to be up there. Who said that? Rob? Uh, no, who said that? Jonathan Davis. Camarasa is one of the best foreign players I've seen at Cardiff, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, I would love it if we still had him. Do you know who I liked as well? Who I think we never quite got to see the best of, but I thought would have been two players I see. One, Gary Medal. I just think just the way stuff worked out, we didn't end up seeing the best of him. But he was—he would have been a great hold if we could have had him for a bit longer. Would have been an amazing holding midfielder for us. Um, Charlie Patino made thirty-four championship appearances last year for Blackpool, um, which is a real good amount. Uh, scored a couple of goals. Played a couple of times in the FA Cup as well. So actually, he made thirty-seven in total. Scored three goals. Um, yeah, what I've seen of him and what I know of him, he's really good on the ball and he's 
bit aggressive, like it. Gary Medal was far too good for Cardiff City. And Camarasa, um, Gary Medal were just too good to be playing for us. Um, Glenn Leuvens is a good shout, Will. Uh, Reese, sorry. Not sure about Inamato by the time he, I think. Um, sorry, Cabo is an interesting one. I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll get one now. Do you know who I thought was going to be good and never quite came to fruition? So I thought Kimbo was going to be our Jisung Park sort of thing. I really believed he was going to be like a great player for us for sort of five to six years. And then he'd kind of get our, our best, we'd get the best years before he got his big move. Robert Glatzel, we never saw the best of him. Um, Hattrick versus Bayern to struggling in the championship. Yeah. Did he get a fair crack of the whip? Not sure. Robert Glatzel. Kimbo had flashes. Yeah, he scored a winner, didn't he, against United? And look, I wonder where he is now. Anyone tell me before I Google it? Where is Kimbo Young now? Kimbo playing in the South Korean League, but looks of it. He plays for Samsung Blue Wings in Korea. Um, yeah, it's 33, man. Jesus, it makes me feel so old, that does. So, obviously, made 58 appearances for Cardiff, which is a bit more than I thought he did, actually. Um, but, like, he did really well at Osaka before us, and, you know, he looked like he was going to be something, and then he went to Wigan. 18 appearances for them, a couple of goals. And then he's kind of done like the Asian teams and stuff. Yeah. If, you know, South Korean internationals made 38 appearances for the South Koreans. Yeah, I just, I'm a bit disappointed really that that didn't work out. He was a big favourite of mine for some reason. Just one of them players. 33 is mental, isn't it? Tony Vidmar, incredible. Another one. Yeah, Cardiff have had some ballers. Um, Camarasa is worth right up there. Like, do you know what? I would love, imagine Camarasa now sat in that behind Ramsey. Oh, be so good. What about this then? Gunnison. Gotta be up there. I know he's maybe not the best technically, but what a player. What a player. Miguel Cominguez. Do you know another one who I thought was going to be a superstar for us is Mats Muller-Dali. Just didn't work. But then another one, see, didn't really work at Cardiff. Only made 22 appearances in it over a season. You know, he's playing for Nuremberg now. Doing some bits. In the, the second, you know, like the Bundesliga Championship, I guess is the equivalent. No. But I mean, he's a full, he's made 35 appearances for Norway. He's made 63 appearances for Nuremberg. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, because he's one I thought was going to be quality. I loved uh, Gunnarsson, Eddie Johnson. <laughs> Uh, what about Manga? What 
squad man. I think he was a quality defender for us. Um, technically, Neil Etheridge counts as well. Played for Philippines. Enkelman. Oh, Jesus. Don't even. Don't even. Gabor Jipes. Olifinjana. What a legend. Good shout, Reese. Uh, had a brilliant season on loan. Yeah, I love him. Ah, I've heard some stories about him, man. That boy, you know. Junior Hoylet. Kenwin Jones. Gets a bit of grief, but I, I liked Big Ken when I did. And he's a lovely guy. If you haven't seen the interview or the when he came on the pod with me and Andy, that was a quality show that was. Big Kenwin. What a legend. Gary Medal. Beautiful. Who else we got? Um, trying to be quick, trying to be quick. Rudy Gestead. Yeah, God, I love Rudy. Miss him. Should we have a look how old Rudy Gestead is? That's going to depress me, though, isn't it? Come on. If Kimbo's 33, how old is Rudy Gestead? Where's Declan John now? Bolton. Wow. Let's have a look at Rudy. Rudy. From the second he signed, I looked forward to Rudy Gestead having the special song as his chant. Um, I loved him. I thought he just worked so hard for us. Where's he playing now? Then? He is playing in the Iranian League for Estegal. But, I mean, he's done, look. What a, like, say what you will, right? And, you know, kids, like I got kids who won't be footballers. Fabio, yes, mate. Ah, oh, yes, what a fullback. I would love to have had a, have peak Fabio now as left back. Ah, oh, yeah. Right, Rudy Gestead, right? So, like, my kid, you know, one of my boys wants to be a footballer and stuff like that. He's in the system, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all these kids. But they all assume you've got to be, like, Mbappe or whatever to be make it, you know? But, like... Rudy Gestead, this is his list of clubs and careers, okay? He is 34 now. He made 27 appearances for Mets B before going into the Mets uh, first team in the in the French League. Made 28 appearances in the first team. Then he went to Cannes on loan, made 22 appearances for them. Then he made... Um, 55 appearances for Cardiff. Then he went on loan to Blackburn. Uh, so he played, made 66 appearances in total for Blackburn, including the loan. Then he went to Villa, Middlesbrough, Melbourne in Australia, um, Pantelikos, which is uh, a Greek club, and followed by Estegal, most recently in the Iranian League. And then he announced his retirement last year. So... Like, to me, um, and he also uh, made 11 appearances for Benin um, international side. So, to me, like, what a what a fantastic career. Like, not everyone can be Mbappe or Messi. Like, he's played in France, Wales, Greece, Australia, Birmingham, Blackburn. You know, what, what a great career. Like, and he didn't tear up trees at all of them. But what a good career. Biggest flop, Federico Makeda. Ah, oh, do you know, everyone jumps to Ravel Morrison, don't they, as like this, 
the ultimate sort of footballer who had it all and failed. Federico, Federico Makeda, after he scored that goal for United against Villa in the last minute, and then he followed it up with a winner, I think, a game later or a couple of goals a game later, similar to what Rashford did, and he just never kicked on. When he came to Cardiff, I thought he's going to find his level and he's going to just score some unreal goals. But he just didn't look arsed, did he? And again, another one I'd be really interested to know where he is now. Like, all the talent in the world. But, I mean, I heard that he liked to spend a few quid. He was on big wages at us. And I wouldn't be surprised if wherever he... You know, he was in Italy, under-21s international. Had the world at his feet. I'm pretty sure he went to sport in Lisbon at one point. Maybe I'm wrong, though, there. Um, so he started at United, didn't he? He only made 19 appearances for him in total, but he scored four in that time. Went to Sampdoria, QPR, Stuttgart, Doncaster twice, Birmingham, and then they were all loans. And then he went to Cardiff for two years, made 27 appearances, scoring six goals, went on loan to Forest, and then he's gone to Navarra in the Italian league, uh, Panathinaikos. Uh, Apole in, in Greece uh, looks like he's there at the moment on loan. Cyprus, Cypriot, sorry. Uh, he played for Italy all the way up to under 21s. Like the man had the world at his feet, and for whatever reason, it just has not worked out. I have heard from a few different people, like that, just you know, secondhand stories that he loved to spend a few quid, like, like the image of being a footballer. Reese says flops, uh, Bakuna, Gunde, Gun, Gundobi missed that open goal and never came back from it. Etienne Velignonka signed him, scored for fun at Maribo, never played. Yeah, mate, right. Etienne, I think he did not get played due to behind the scenes things. So if you remember um, when we did the show with Kenwin, he said that Vincent Tan was telling Solskjaer who to play and who not to play. He was picking the side effectively, right? And um, Etienne came in at this, like, insane, like, absolutely insane goal in rack, score in record um, at Maribel. And then he just never got a chance at Cardiff. And he was playing in the 23s, scoring... Goal week in, week out, and he just never ever got a chance at Cardiff. It'd be interesting one day to speak to him. I don't know how good his English is. I might try and find out. If he speaks good English, I might try and get hold of him. And like he's 34 now, man. He made three appearances in two years for Cardiff. Like when you consider his goal scoring record, uh, so he's it so at his two clubs before Cardiff, he played for Gorica. Made 104 appearances, 32 goals. Then he moved up a level, went to Maribo in the Slovenian league, scored 20 in 48 games. So we signed him for two years, made three appearances. And then he's gone and scored goals everywhere he's gone. He went on loan, scored a couple of goals, went on loans to Liège in the Belgian league, scored 28 goals in 40 games on loan. That is like over a goal a game. Um, sorry, a goal every other game. And then he went to back to Slovenia, scored a few goals. Um, 
played for Gorica in 2019, scored 15 goals in 22 games. Then went to NEC in Belgium, is it? Or Dutch? Dutch, uh, two goals in 16. And then his last season back at Gorica, he scored 16 in 37 goals. I still have a punt on him now, man. Absolutely ludicrous that he was never given a chance. When you look at his goal-scoring record, he scored goals everywhere he's gone. Um, Nick Powell, same as, yeah, just, yeah, absolute disappointment. Um, Javi Guerrero, same, yeah, interesting. Eh? Best loan signings ever Cardiff have ever made. Right, quick as you can, who's the best loan signings Cardiff have ever made? Jason Kumas, um, Gary O'Neill, um, Eddie Newton. And there's someone else as well. I'm forgetting Bellamy. Ramsey. But players who never played for us previously, like Kumas was just, oh my God, he was so good. Um, Yeah, unbelievable. Jason Kumas, man, what a player. What a man. The way he's got off the map as well. I got so much respect for him. What about Graham Stack? Went to join Robbie Keane as his goalkeeping coach for um, Maccabee Haifa. Was it Maccabee or was it at Tel Aviv? I'll tell you now. One of them. Tel Aviv, is it? Yeah, yeah. Tel Aviv. So, massive club in Israel. Robbie Keane's taken over. Brings in Graham Stack as a goalkeeping coach. Got sacked two days later because there was an instant nightclub. Pretty sure Graham Stacks might have a bit of form for that sort of incident as well. Kasper Schmeichel, yes, mate, one of the best. Uh, Routledge, I ignore him because he, when he was going to sign for us, he went to Swansea instead. Jonathan says, Stack, he always loved to scrap. We all know that. Yeah, Graham Stack, man. Game threatening. Shame. Big club there. Big opportunity. Doesn't say what happened though, it just says a nightclub incident which was involved sort of violent. Yeah. Yeah. God, can you imagine him and Steve Morrison in the same changing room? Poof. Fiery. Isaac Fassell. Ugh, never want to hear that name again. You can get with Routledge. Best loan signing. Come on then. Get me some good ones. Glenn Lewins, good shout. Inamoto. Kasper Schmeichel, Eddie Johnson, Kamarasa. Schmeichel was an awesome money. I loved having Schmeichel in a Cardiff shirt. That was great. Oh, I can't. I just seen a headline and talking about Ethan Ampadu at Leeds. It's just. Oh, it's just so depressing. Terrible. Terrible. Where do we think Cardiff? So I'm doing this preview video soon with a former. Former international, former Cardiff City and other top, 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 top clubs. Going to do a championship preview specifically around Cardiff, but a bit of championship in there as well. Like, what are your expectations for Cardiff City this year? Promotion, promotion, top 10, win the league. What's your expectation? But also, what's your realistic, like what, you, what would be a good season? What's a good season? What's a great season? What's a good season? And what's okay? 
was not acceptable. Tell me. I think if Baloo can take us to top 10, if we finish in the top 10 this season, as long as we progress again next season, I think that's good. You can't expect to go from just escaping relegation to be in you know in the in the in the mix of promotion i don't think playoffs are out out of the question because i've been quite impressed by the manager i'm quite impressed by the squad he's building but i don't think it's complete yet if we went in with the squad we got now i believe that top 10 would be a great season if we go in with the squad we got now if we can add one or two like we could really be good um just text my son back once a left he does doing a podcast man will says well uh top half easily this season i'm hoping for more to be honest jonathan says right now top 10 if we sign more patinio and valerie surely the playoffs cody dramer yeah he'd been a great he was a great loan signing Tommy Tornado says top 10 and a double over the Jacks. Take that all day long, mate. Reese says, personally, mid-table for me, use that to build on what we've got. If, however, we do bring in three quality players, we should realistically be looking at top 10, top eight. <clears throat> so here's the thing for me. What I want from Cardiff is I want us to have a plan, like a long-term plan, because it feels like you have a bad run. They sacked the manager, but they sack. They never ever sack a manager. Ever sack a manager with another manager in ready or in mind, even in mind, they just sack a manager and go, "Oh well, I'm well now going to look and this academy coach or this assistant manager is going to take over." You know, it's it, um, it's just frustrating. So like. Look, look, I look at the squad. If we add Kiefer Moore and Patino or Hannibal or someone like this, I think we've got a great... I do think we've got a great chance to... Top 10 in the mix for the playoffs, I think, would be an excellent start. But it's only an excellent start if when Balu then does have a bad run, we back him. I want to see him there for two to three years. It's going to be rocky. There's going to be a time when it's rocky. I want to see him there for two to three years and see what he can build with the backing of the board in the transfer market, the fans. I want to see what he can build. I don't want to see 10 games into this season and we're, we've drawn five, lost three and or lost five. And, and like we're down the bottom or bottom half. Everyone's going to be frustrated. I don't want to see another manager sacked just for the sake of it. I know people think that he's friends with Mehmet. That's why he got the job. I don't believe that's the case. However, if he's friends with the chairman, then maybe he will get a bit more patience. Jonathan says the amount spent on this season on wages, I think they're looking to... Uh, um, 
I think they're looking at win now. If we don't at least get the playoffs, I think Tan will sack Bullu and we'll end up with the likes of Morrison again, who Tan wanted. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, mate. My, my wish is that we build and we keep him for at least a couple of seasons and let him build a team. But I don't think I'm realistic. It's not going to happen. So. Reese says they sack the manager, never communicate with fans what the plan is. I've noticed um, Dalman is making himself seen a lot with more with regards to the clubs. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult. You know, I um, I just, I'd be over the moon if we could finish top. I just like to not be involved in the relegation strap, scrap at the moment. Um, that's what I was going to look at is Kiefer Moore's appearances from last year. I'm sure. I'm sure Kiefer Moore had some type of injury last year, did he not? Um, so he made 27 appearances for Bournemouth, 15 as a sub. So he did make a lot of substitute appearances. Well, the majority were substitute appearances. David Brooks is back. So have Bournemouth signed any one? Oh, no, have they signed any strikers? Kiefer Moore on loan, I think it's a, it'd be a great signing for Cardiff. I think it lifts everyone. But does it, if Kiefer Moore comes in, does it lift expectations to an unrealistic level? There's a question for you. Uh, Reese says, the fact they've allowed Balu to bring in his entire backroom staff tells me they, want, they won't pay the compensation fees to sack them all unless we're in the bottom three. Will says, we are going to have a good season, in my opinion. Good positive attitude, mate, that is. Bournemouth transfer deals. I want to see who they've brought in. Are they preparing for... They haven't made any sign-ins, according to this Sky page. That's... I mean, it's not the end of the world, I suppose. Let's have a look then, is it? Finish off the show. Let's have a, a good old deep dive dig into Bournemouth and their business. Where does Kiefer Moore stand in the pecking order? They're saying all the right things. The players are saying we're going to take on from last year. David Brooks is back. You're doing well. Cardiff are keen on Kiefer Moore. Yeah, not sure. Just not sure. So his thought in this BBC article has said, it's now for the 34 times capped Welsh centre-forward is surplus to requirements under the new Bournemouth manager. Cardiff have expressed an interest to, uh, to Bournemouth, but they're only able to sign him on loan due to the remnants of a football league embargo, which means they cannot pay a fee for the player and are limited to loans and free agencies. Um, a sanction will be lifted in January 24. The Bluebirds must now wait to see if Cardiff could be happy to, uh, if Bournemouth be happy to loan a player or want to sell him, which would rule Cardiff out of contention. 
Moore originally joined Cardiff. He made scored 25 in 64 appearances. Um, I believe I saw a tweet or a post by someone recently who said that Kiefer Moore's scoring record for Wales is like sort of night and day in terms of when with with Ramsey and without. So they've they have got a bit of a link up going. We need a couple of positions, but we'll get them in. If not first choice, they'll get second choice players. Says Will. Um Jonathan says born for looking for one of looking for one or two strikers before they allow more to go. Apparently more approached Cardiff asking to come back. I did read somewhere uh Bournemouth still owe Cardiff money for more as well. Not sure if that's true. Yeah, it does seem to make sense on paper. Very quickly, who do you, what do you think of Cardiff's priorities? If you could only make three signings, say two loans and a three. If you can only make three signings, what positions are you looking for? Like I noticed there, Reese says, um, I still think we need to keep a cover first left back a centre-back and a real ball winner to play next to Wintle. Rob says, keeper first and foremost for me. Yeah, I think um, my my ideal thing would be a keeper. I think I'd go keeper more, keeper, and then I'm trying to get either Hannibal or that lad from, from, from the Arsenal, Patinio. Those three, I think, Cardiff could be cooking from a squad point of view. Jonathan says, target man, centre-back, goalkeeper. How many target men do we need is the question, isn't it? But I keep them all as a special signing. Do you know what, Reese? That's a shout. If you can get Cody Draymer back, play NG at left-back, play Draymer right-back, a new keeper, Norwood to play alongside Wintle. Yeah, I'd go with that, mate. Do you know, me and you have been banging the Norwood drum for a while, haven't we? But, like, do you know what would be the the dream? Is to get Norwood on a loan, uh, on a free, and then get a, a Hannibal on loan. That midfield would be cooking. I like Cody Dreamer would be incredible. Um, Jonathan says, well, that's an interesting one. Is there any as many people saying that? We desperately need a centre-back if McGuinness or Gutas get injured um, because then we've got to play Simpson. I think he'd play NG unless they go to a back three. Did Norwood sign a new contract? Don't break my heart, Will. Don't go breaking my heart. Oh, mate, you are going to devastate me now. I thought he was still on a free... What a wasted opportunity if that's the case. Blech. Oliver Norwood to remain at Sheffield United as the Premier League newcomers are linked with a Norwich trio. A clause entitling the former Northern Ireland international to an extension after hitting a set number of appearances. Right, so he's he's got an option which has automatically been clicked in but i think he can with those options and a lot of the time 
you can still get them on a free. They've just got to, it's got to be like an agreement between the clubs rather than a traditional free agent. I think that's how it works. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Reese says to Jonathan, um, we could play NG center half. He did a quality job back there. Romeo in at right back. Um, Will says 100% center back needed. Jonathan Davis says NG being right back. Romeo can't do right back about can't do right back as bad as Simpson at center back. Yeah, so three players, three positions that you can sign is center back in there, or you go in keeper, midfielder, striker. And if you're going for the center back, which other position you would you sacrifice? Difficult, isn't it? I mean, we, there's nothing to say we can only make three signings in fairness. Interesting stuff. Let's have a look if there's any more things to discuss. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Oh, Cardiff is going to be so difficult. This year, This the championship is going to be so hard. It's, it's just, this is going to be such a difficult league this year as usual. So on paper, you might look good, but. <clears throat> um, Rob Boyle says, what's Dave Marshall doing these days? Still probably better than what we got. Yeah. Reese says, thought Romeo had been really good. Just had a poor season overall, but I think he's a strong right back. Did well pushing forward. <clears throat> Ojo ahead of him, offered no cover defensively as well. So he often got caught. Will says, centre-back and a centre-forward. Priority for me. No keeper on that. Um, Jonathan says, I stand by. Target man, centre-back, goalkeeper. Our sign, our sign-ins. Ugbo is not a target man. And Grant and Mate are wingers. Mm. Buffon to Cardiff, says Tommy Tornado. That'd be nice. Take him. Take him all day long. There's got to be a couple of keepers in the Premier League who might be worth a shout on loan. Funny enough, the, the lad who um, injured uh, thing, uh, Paul Mullen is actually supposed to be quite good. Do you know what I would like to see, Cardiff? If I could pick just a goalkeeper at random, it'd be, I wouldn't mind seeing Tom Heaton come back to Cardiff. I think, he's, I think he'll go somewhere now. Once they now they've got a Nana, I think he'll he wants one more crack at being a number one. Right, guys, as always, it's been a pleasure. Give you like an extra 10 minutes this evening. Um, I will, so I wasn't going to be doing a show tomorrow, but there's a chance that I might be now. So, um, look out on the on the podcast social media or if you follow me personally at sign1927 or Simon Willis on Facebook. Uh, if you give me a follow, um, you'll keep up to date with everything. If you're not a member already, can I please ask, just go to patreon.com. It's literally a price of a cup of coffee, but it like it helps us out so much. And you get to join the crazy conversations we have on a Monday where we talk about everything, anything, all sorts of wild shit. But we have discussions, that the uncomfortable discussions that need to be had yeah, I'd love Tommy and back, man. Reese just said the same thing as I said. Um, Carl Darlow on loan. 
someone else looking for him in good shots right be back tomorrow for the footy news weekly probably as always it's a pleasure patreon.com slash ace podcast nation next person who signs up gets a bonus five points from me nice one guys sports social podcast network